It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's a beautiful Tuesday. It's windy. Birds are chirping. But you know what? It's time for this Minnesota Vikings team to welcome in the Arizona Cardinals. And there are some things this week that we're going to keep an eye on. I've been looking at this roster again, and I've been making my my checks and balances, getting ready for this uh, Saturday kickoff at noon at U.S. Bank Stadium. Because then after that, on the 29th, we're going to do a show at the State Fair that's going to have the roster. But here's the guys right now on defense that I think are locks, and then the spots that I think some guys can still learn in this last preseason game. we got that coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I want everybody to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports book of Locked On Sports, especially Locked On Sports Minnesota. Just make sure you check out fanduel.com backslash locked on to make every moment more. But to get started, another way to do it is download that app whatever app market you're using, and then it'll tell you what states qualify to be able to use it. We know Minnesota currently is not one, but for those Minnesotans, I've done it. When you go to Iowa, place a couple bets, like me, you can win a couple bets. So I'm looking forward to going to Iowa this fall again for softball because I get to put some early bets down on some football. But as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, as I talked about, we, we yesterday we did the locks for the offense. So if you want to go back and watch yesterday's episode, uh, it has some some talk about the offense and who I think is going to make the team. I kind of I kind of was down to like 20, um, 20 ish guys. You know, I feel like there's five or six spots still open on that offense. I feel like yeah. uh, like I feel like offensive tackle, so on and so forth. You know, receivers for me, I really think the top three are locked. Uh, the 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 fourth uh, being Jalen Naylor to me is is a possible IR situation. But after that, Jalen Rager to kill Harry. Uh, Brandon Powell and Tristan Jackson are four fighting for two, four players fighting for two spots. And I think, I think it's open. Like, I, I don't feel like Keenan McCardell really has said, Hey, these are my guys, but you know what? We talked about that yesterday. Now it's time to talk about the defense, Sam. And as I was going through the defense during the game, also, just when you look at the depth chart of what they have, I mean, all this, all this goes into place. Go, players aren't dumb. Coaches are dumb. You, when you set your depth chart, you kind of let guys know where they're at. But you do it for a reason. Like, Ivan, Ivan Pace Jr. is with the threes. You do it because he's an undrafted rookie. So here's where – and Ivan Pace Jr. clearly is going to start week one. I think he's going to be the week one starter against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, if not the starter, he's going to get a ton of time splitting with Brian Asamoah. But I, I don't know if Brian Asamoah is going to be healthy. So I think Ivan Pace Jr. is the week one starter against the Buccaneers because hmm. I mean, we're, we're not too far away, Sam. Like, September is right around the corner. It's almost time for pumpkins – it's time to put the, the 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 painted leaves out of your kids. It's time to start get the hot. I saw Halloween candy. 
you know, like I freaked out the other day because my wife bought home Halloween candy. I forgot she's the dean of students at a high school. And so she just has candy even in her office for when the students stop by uh, because high school kids love candy. So I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. What, like, why do we have bags of multiple, like, you know, the, the, the multi-bag thing from Costco? I'm like, it, it, Halloween is far away. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, this is for school. I forgot. And my kids freaked out, too. They thought they could get some candy. And she's like, no, this is for school. This is for work. This is work candy, which... <laughs> I don't understand. And you have kids, Sam. I don't know why my yeah. wife left the candy on the counter. I'm like, if you're going to buy candy, you bring it in the house and then you set it to the side. Um, so the kids can't see it. But yeah, again, I'm Ron. Behind Johnson. lock and key. Correct. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam. Make sure Ron Johnson show on Locked on Sports Minnesota. And we're going to jump into the locks on defense. I'm going to give you my early starters. We already know who they are. So I don't even need to go through it. But for those that are new, to the Minnesota Vikings and just tuning in maybe for the first time to the Ron Johnson Show. Thank you for joining us. Those watching on YouTube, hey, how's it going? Uh, all the Amazon Fire and Roku people that continue to watch us on there, thank you. And then the Sirius XM family, we thank you guys as well for downloading the app. I got Daniil Hunter, Dean Lowry, Kyrus Tonga, Harrison Phillips, Marcus Davenport as Agent Zero. And then you got Jordan Hicks, Brian Osamoa, Caleb Evans, Byron Murphy Jr., Harrison Smith, and Cam Bynum. Those are your 11 starters. I'm going to throw Ivan Pace from the threes. From the three columns, Sam, I'm going to throw Ivan Pace Jr. up in there. That is now 12. I also think Jawan Williams is fine. I think Makai Blackman is fine. I think Josh Metellus and Lewis Seen are fine. Then I'm going to go to Troy Dye. I then go to Ross Blacklock. But that's a maybe for me. TJ Smith as well is a maybe. But here's the thing about TJ Smith and Calvin Avery. Those are the only two nose tackles behind Kyrus Tonga. So unless they're going to bring a guy in, which we know they can. They brought Ross Blacklock in last year late. Um, I, I think one of those guys, and I'm I'm leaning towards TJ Smith. You got you got Jonathan Bullard, you got Patrick Jones the second. After that, I'm not gonna pick the rest, but the here's the guys I kind of hope. I hope a Seze Atamewu is in that lock, but he's not. He has to earn his spot. He's with the threes right now. That's a far way back. Yeah. So he has to earn his spot again for the another year. He has to fight his way back onto this roster. I just went through 11. I got 12, 13, 14. I got Andrew Booth Jr. on here. I'm going to be honest. I, I I think he's on here. He, he's done enough at this point. Now, again, stranger things have happened. Uh, like I said, Troy Die over Troy Reader. Um, Jonathan Bullard, Patrick Jones II. And Seze Tamewu. I think he is a guy that has to earn his spot. From that third row column, I got Makai Blackman. I got Jaquelin Roy. So I got 11. I got 12, 13, 14. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Whoa. I got like 22 locks, Sam, on this defense. I think they're only going to be able to keep 25. Usually defense goes heavier than offense because you have more special teams guys. Um, This was just my list from the game because I kind of wanted to get nailed down a little bit for the post-game show. But after looking at it now, I'm not sure I have this many locks. I just kind of checked off what I thought. Like DJ Wanham, I think Patrick Jones, I think both are fine. Uh, Jonathan Bullard, he might be a casualty mm-hmm. of Jaquel and Roy. Like Jaquel yeah. and Roy is a the guy they drafted. Um, Jonathan Bullard might might get the axe because of that. So, you know, that's a guy I had just checked off to say, here's 22 right now, I think. But now after re-looking at this, sleeping on it for a couple of days, Bullard, Bullard might be a cap casualty of, of Jaquel and Roy. Uh, one, if they're the same, you take the rookie. That's the thing that sucks about the NFL. If they're the same, they lean towards the younger guy because they feel like, well, look, this guy just got here and he's at the same level of a guy that's been in the league for a couple years. When that happens, they kind of say, well, 
let's go with the youth. Like we can teach this guy how to get better. This guy, we, we might've hit a ceiling already. Um, I think, like I said, I think DJ Wano and Patrick Jones have done enough. Uh, like uh, Luigi Villane, he may or may not be a, a, a casualty of Tanner Vallejo. If you think about the, now one, he's a third outside linebacker. Do you need a third or would you rather have a special teams guy in Vallejo who's a special teams pro? So they're there. I don't have him as a lock. I just know they bought him in. But they're, that, that's where I kind of was on mine, Sam. I don't know uh, when you first looked at this defensive roster, what jumped out to you as far as like guys being locked in? Or what do you think about the ones I've picked so far? Yep. So interior defensive line to me is the toughest position mm-hmm. because I think you've got a lot of guys that are kind of on equal footing. You've right. got Jaquelin Roy, Cezio de Maywall, TJ Smith. Uh, Ross Blacklock, who they traded for. I, I think they're all kind of similar status. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many they're keeping on the interior line. If it's five, if it's six, um, it you know obviously gets adjusted based on how many edge rushers they keep, mm-hmm. how many linebackers they keep. It's all a big puzzle. But that, to me, is the, the most complex one. Linebacker, interior feels kind of cut and dried to me. I think it comes down to, to Troy Dye and Troy Reeder. And I think Dye has the advantage. I think yeah, you got that right. Does. Um what do you think about um, – uh, actually, I don't want to spoil this because this is coming in the Daily Three. We're going to talk about <laughs> Najee Thompson in the Daily Three because hmm. Najee Thompson, the special team's ace, could complicate things. But let's yep. save that. Save that for the Daily Three. Yeah. And, and when you look at you know this list, you, you brought up a good point about interior line. Let me explain this to the people as far as the, the, the Vikings, the way they're labeling it because the way they label it matters more than what we think. And maybe this could be an error. And I, I, I this is something I probably need to ask uh, Coach Chris Rump because he's on our show. These are his guys. Um, because as of the way the Vikings name it, and again, this is Brian Flores. Normally what you have is a nose tackle, a D tackle, and then a DN. They have it as nose tackle, DN, DN. And then outside linebacker, outside linebacker. Now, I don't know if this is just an error because we know Carly Bonk for the Vikings. She, she Her team puts this together. So there's a chance because if you go over to the Titans side, they call it DN nose tackle, D tackle. And then Jeffrey Simmons was the D tackle. Tart was the nose tackle. And then Danico Autry was the D end. I think this might be a typo and it's DN nose tackle, D tackle. And the reason I say that, Sam, is when you talk about interior within a 3-4, your nose tackle, D tackle are the ones that you would consider the interior. And so from there, like, this is where I go with this. From there, Kyrus Tonga, Harrison Phillips are one and two. You got Ross Blacklock as three. Do you need a fourth? Because if you do, TJ Smith is technically just a nose tackle, whereas, like, a Harrison Phillips can kick down into a nose tackle spot and a Sezi can come in as a D tackle or a DN because he is versatile. So that's why within this Flores defense, too, We've been looking at old school, like we need big, big bodies in there for every spot. Maybe Flores is like, look, I need guys that can move around within my defense. If you look at like where uh, Marcus Davenport lines up sometimes over the A gap and in the B gap uh, as an interior lineman, but he's actually just a stand-up linebacker trying to confuse and create havoc. Um, Asezi is a different – because he's a true DN from college, but now within a 3-4 – or yeah, three, four, he has to play more of like a five technique, three technique. And so mm-hmm. can he do that? You know, is TJ Smith or Calvin Avery or Jaqueline Roy? Like how do they, they view Dean Lowry and Jonathan Bullard uh, versus Jaqueline Roy. So 
it, it's all about how they lay. I, I'm guessing this DN as Harrison Phillips is a type of that should be D tackle. Um, because you would have D tackle as uh Harrison Phillips, Ross Blaylock, and a Sezi. But see, a Sezi to me would go behind Dean Lowry, and that's where I think maybe he gains a little bit of an edge because he's a guy they can move around and put in a different spot. Again, Daniel Hunter, a Caleb Evans, it comes down to um uh health. You know, when you think about a Caleb Evans, it's health. Like if he doesn't go, or if Andrew Booth, same thing. Like, does a Caleb Evans health push uh Andrew Booth up? Because I want to see this week too. Is a Caleb Evans healthy? Because he took a huge hit from Josh Metellus in practice. And then that was the question was, how is his head? Because he he was a little, like, he was a little dazed. Like, let's be honest. And this dude had three concussions last year. So the minute I saw that big head happen, I was like, oh, crap, not a Like, don't give this guy another concussion. Because, I mean, four concussions within a year? I don't know what that, like, I mean, I hate to say it. Like, is that one of those, like, he has, he's forced to retire? Because the doctor's like, look, dude. You only got one or two more concussions and you're done, you know, like, and so that's the, the, the tough part about this business, uh, where the mental health and remember Caleb Evans said this, like, I'm going to step away from social media for my mental health. That's where mental health really kicks in because you're isolated and you're by yourself and you, you feel like your career might be over. You make dumb decisions. We've all been there. And so that's why I just hope, um, there, that's not the case with Caleb Evans. And that was just like a, just a normal dizzy, um, or whatever, like, whoa, I can't believe I got hit that hard by my own teammate because I wasn't bracing for a hit. I was thinking we're, you know, we're not hitting because we're just yeah. going for an interception. So, um, yeah, that's that was one where it's like when I look at these DBs even, and I like your question coming up because these DBs, when you look at it, there's not – like other than Byron Murphy and Caleb Evans, um, maybe Juwan Williams, and I think maybe Makai Blackman Black, Black men just because of the draft pick status. I don't really feel like any of these guys have it locked down. Like this is the guy. Like this guy is one of our guys. This guy has to be on this roster. Like I don't, I don't feel like they have that those guys there besides the starters. It's it, it's a, it's a group of names that you don't know what they're going to put out there and what they could do. Um, Jay Ward as a safety because of Josh Metellus being able to play in this nickel situation now might get a corner out of there because they're like, look, I'd rather have a safety because I know I got Cam Bynum who can cover in the slot. I got a Josh Metellus who can cover in the slot. Do I need a fifth or sixth DB? Versus a special teams guy. We'll talk about that in the daily three. But coming up next, we got to talk about these gophers, man. Like the season is upon us. Nebraska. Everybody keeps asking me about this Nebraska game. I have no idea. I have no idea what we're going to see. Stop asking me, people, because I really don't know. But what we are going to talk about is some storylines from gopher football this offseason heading into this first game. They were they were very interested in following. Uh, maybe not throughout the whole season, but early on in this first six games, because this is the unknown season. We've had year zero of PJ Fleck. This is year unknown of PJ Fleck, but we'll talk about that next coming up in the second segment. And then we have a word from our sponsors. Let's talk about FanDuel on this hot sweltering Tuesday. FanDuel has some hot deals to bet on football right now. FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can make a Super Bowl futures bet on any of the 32 teams. I'm looking at it right now. Bills plus 900 Seahawks plus 3,500 Rams plus 6,500. And there's the Vikings plus 3,500. Lay down that bet before the season and then watch the money pour in. Wait, what? Yes. Every time one of uh, those teams win, whoever you choose for that Super Bowl futures bet, when they win a game, you get bonus bets back into your account. So you just sit back, collect the bonus bets, and then put them on whatever you want. You've got spreads, uh, props, futures, money lines, hundreds of ways to wager on 
FanDuel. Check it out today, FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Peruse all of their great promotions and get paid at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Make every moment more. Well, now it's time to talk about some gopher football, Sam. The Gophers are going to face the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We know that. Uh, we're going to have some Gopher guests coming up uh, game week. Um, ne- next week is it game? No, next week's not game week. Next is week it? is game week. Man. Yes. I I'm, my This summer went by fast. I'm not going to lie. I thought we had two weeks. I was planning like a two-week countdown to the season. But now we are in two weeks right now. Like, this is crazy, Sam. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to have some serious stuff to talk about because the Gophers play on Thursday. So I'm going to have to try to uh, get some guests on here. We got to get some more gopher guests. We'll try to get Eric Decker. Uh, did talk to Mark Sedestrom yesterday. Talked to Adam Weber. Uh, so we'll try to get those guys on and talk a little gopher football. Load up for that week maybe. Maybe just do an everyday guest for gopher football. Just We've done a lot of Viking stuff. The Vikings are going to be dead next week uh, because they'll play this week against Arizona Cardinals. Then it's like the dead week. I mean, other than making the roster, we'll talk about the roster when it's formed on the 29th, I think is the day they form it. Um but we're gonna we're gonna have to break down this Gopher stuff. And, and Sam, when you look at uh, Gophers football and just the storylines of what's going on right now in Gophers football, and I love to do it like I love real real time. So people that are on YouTube, you can see what I'm doing. I'm, I'm typing on my on my computer machine over here, uh, my monitor uh, to just get um, some like takes from the world right now. Um, Gophers backup QB Cole Kramer has seen a lot of the U. So everybody's talking about Cole Kramer now being a backup. Uh, you know, big time guy to Eden Prairie. Um, you look at Chip Scroggins, you know, talks about uh, TJ Hawkinson and, and can what can Brevin Span for bring to this team? Uh, go for safety Darius Green. Uh, he's a breakout candidate. Uh, can Ethan Calic Manis take over this offense? That's that's from uh, was that ESPN or oh, shoot, my computer just jumped. There it is. That was from the Chicago Tribune uh, because they had the Big Ten deal down there. And so they're talking about that. Uh, you look at the depth chart. You know, Fox 9 is talking about that. Uh, 247 is talking about the biggest strengths of this team heading into the season. I want to talk about that one, Sam. The biggest strengths is the storyline for me today. Storyline number two for the day, for the week. Biggest strengths of gopher football. Here's where I go with this, Sam. I Like in the past, it was receivers. It was cornerbacks. It was DBs. It was defensive ends like a Sezi. it was linebackers like jack gibbons uh you know you had a lot of you're like man these guys are going to be good you go back to devondre campbell days uh you go back to the carter coughlin days i don't know about you sam but this feels like a year of again the unknown like this feels like an unknown group of guys and strength so the strength technically on paper you could say receivers because of the transfer of uh cory crooms coming in uh, you, you got D- Dylan Wright leaving, Micah Brown Stevens leaving. You still got Jay Jackson. You got Elijah Spencer who transferred in. You got Chris Hartman Bell. We also had Mikey Brockington who was on our show. But can we truly call those strengths? Like, that's not a group. There's a new group of guys coming together. Um, and like, like, can we, like, because of what they did where they were, are they going to be this in the Big Ten? We know Chris Hartman Bell can. We know, I think, Mikey Brockington can. Um, and then I go to the safeties. You got Jordan Howden leaving, but you got Tyler Newbin, who's probably going to be a top, maybe a first round pick if he has a good season, maybe a second round pick. You got Darius Green um, is the projected starter next to him in the in in the absence or the leaving of uh, Jordan Howden. You know, could he be a guy that's going to benefit 
from the play of Tyler Newbin. My strengths right now, you, you also have some guys that came in. Craig McDonald, uh, you know, transferred. He's a, he's a former Jalen Suggs guy out of uh, uh what is Jalen Suggs school called? Minnehaha Academy. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he was he was on that team when Suggs was the quarterback. Um, but he's bounced around. We know Suggs only went to college for one year and then went to the NBA, so that's why it feels like it's so long ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Uh, but Craig McDonald is transferred to the Gophers. Uh, you have Miles Fleming as well, um, uh, who's leaving. Um, but this is the thing about this team. The strength. If I were to, to pick my strength, I am going to go with Tyler Newbin. I think that back end of that defense, uh, you got Tyler Newbin over there and you got Justin Wally at cornerback. I think they are very, very, very set up to have a really good season back there. And then that's why I think uh, the other safety who's projected to start Darius Green is, is, is like a breakout guy because, one, you have Tyler Newman's going to help you out and going to make you look great. You have Justin Wiley, who's not going to get beat too much. Like, he's going to have his side locked down, and then the other side, you got to figure it out. I think that's where the strengths go. I'm going to pick defense of backs over the receivers right now just because they're improving. Crab coming off an event injury. And then they have a quarterback that's young. This might be a team that has to run the ball that we're not expecting to run the ball. Uh, but Brevin Span 4 we know is a strength. But I'm going to go with the defensive backs, man. That's that's the storyline for me is that the strength of this team, to me, feels like it's going to come from the back end and Tyler Newman's energy. Um, offensive line, I haven't dug too deep into it to look at it and see what they have. Uh, but, man, it's crazy, Sam. You, you brought that up. It's <laughs> – Next week, I'm throwing off now. Nine next days. week, next week, Thursday. So two days from tomorrow week, I'm gonna be getting up Thursday morning, having breakfast, getting my kids off to school because they'll be in school, um, and getting ready to go for some go for football. Like, and which is crazy too, though, because I got to pick them up from school. Like, people don't realize that. Like, it's a Thursday. I got to do normal stuff. My wife is the dean of students at the school, so I gotta I gotta get the kids home from school. I got to make sure their stuff's ready for practice because my daughter has softball practice on Thursday nights. Uh, both of them actually do. Um, so I don't know how much of this game, depending on what time her practice and games, I don't know how much of this game I'm going to stay for. I'm going to definitely watch it, but I'm going to do the pregame show for sure. I'm going to stay for the beginning. And then depending on what time my daughter's game is, I might leave out for some softball because my daughters are more important. Not going to lie. They're way more important than uh, some football. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for that, Sam. You, you threw me for a loop because I was definitely thinking I had two weeks before the season. But what, what, what strength are you thinking about? on this Gophers defense or storyline that's jumped out to you. Yeah, I still think that this offensive line is pretty good. Uh, Ariante Ursary, remember we had Justin Gard on the show Yep, last year, and I said, Justin, who are some future NFL prospects that you like on this team? And the first guy he said was Ariante Ursary. They think that he's got big-time like future potential, redshirt junior. That's your left tackle. Nathan Bow was great last year. He's projected, you know, interior line center, maybe. Uh, Quinn Carroll, local kid, solid guards. You got a couple questions here. Tyler Cooper, Martez Lewis, assuming that they're starters, and I see that they're projected as such. Um, and I don't know if we know the official lineup yet, but those are your question marks on the offensive line. If one of them can be solid, then you've mm -hmm. got four out of five that you can trust. And then maybe the other one comes along too. I think that could, again, be your identity and it kind of has to be because you've got a, a young quarterback um you want to have that solid running game to support Ethan right. and I think that offensive line is going to be the key and I still think they have at least three really quality bodies in there with Ursary, Bo and Carroll so let's let's see what they can do again I know they they've lost some big names in the last couple of years John Michael Schmitz of course is gone Correct. uh with probably Bo moving to center but I still like that group. They've got a good tradition built up there, good culture, 
on that line. So let's see what they can do this year. Yeah, it's crazy um, when you say that. You know, you you brought up the name John Michael Schmidt and totally forgot about him that he's in the NFL. Like, you forget sometimes that he's in the NFL because it it doesn't feel like, you know, like you you don't hear about centers. And when you look at the uh, the Jets, the Giants depth chart, he's the starter. He's the starting center as a rookie for the Giants right now. Like, he's going to have Daniel Jones up his butt in like a couple weeks. So like it's crazy as far as he's already been up his butt, but you know, as far as the first game, that, that's what's crazy about it with John Michael Schmidt is, you know, PJ Fleck, when you look, I, you know, I love to see the pitchers Gophers players are taking now, you know, like you saw Sezi, uh with Boye Mafe, um, you know, with the Seahawks, you, you saw the giants, you saw Terrell uh, Smith uh, take one with um, Antoine Winfield and Coquif. Uh, so you're starting to see a lot of gophers in the NFL. Carter Coughlin was in that picture as well with the Giants. Um, so you're starting to see, you know, John Michael Schmidt, Carter Coughlin. Uh, you're starting to see a lot of gophers in the NFL. And so um, when you look at this team, Tyler Newbin is going to be another one out there. Brevin Spanford is going to be another one out there. Um, it, it, you know, that's that's the storyline, too, is like gophers in the NFL. That that's gonna be a storyline. Maybe next week we'll have to break down and talk about a little bit of how PJ Fleck has done a some of these guys were not his guys, though. So let's be real. Like he he coached them, um, but they were not recruited by him. They were recruited by Jerry Kill. Um, so you know, give Kill his credit. He did he did recruit some some NFL guys. You know, you got uh, uh Devondre Campbell out there and uh, you know, a lot of those guys like that. So when you when you think about the storylines, the offensive line, I do like that one because you lose a John Michael Schmidt. Who's going to replace that? Because, that's, again, that's another six-year guy. You know, a guy that's like you feel like he's been here forever. You know, there's a lot of that leaving now. Like the COVID coaches, you know, COVID players uh, starting to weed them out. We're starting to move away from that six-year, seven-year guy, eight-year guy. Um, and we're moving into the the Ram. Like Chris Altman-Bell, uh, Tyler – no, not Tyler Newman. Uh, Brevin Spanford. Those guys are kind of the last of the Mohicans. They're going to be the last of a dying breed uh of an era where we're gonna look back on 2020 and be like man remember remember when college players used to be a player for seven years <laughs> like that's that's what's great and you know what honestly like looking at some of these nil opportunities they're like not 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 minnesota but like georgia i would play for seven years if i'm gonna get you know a couple hundred thousand dollars in nil money uh because the nfl is only paying you a couple hundred thousand dollars and then you got to pay for your own house and stuff like you have an nil in college and they can pay for you uh, speak of the devil, Justin Gar just texted me, so we're gonna have to get him on the show. Um, but it's crazy. It's crazy when you when you think about it. Um, you know, it's crazy when you think about what to come, what's to come, what what to look out for, what what to be prepared for. Um, but yeah, it's 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 amazing to me uh, when we when we talk about what the Gophers have to prepare for with these big names: Tanner Morgan, John Michael Schmidt. They're all gone now, man. It's 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 sad, almost Sam. It's sad. Like I, I thought I'd never see, and I did see, and that, you know, for those out there that are Tanner Morgan fans, I did see Tanner Morgan take a picture as well with the Steelers. I forgot who they were playing, but the Steelers played somebody and they had some gophers, and Tanner Morgan took a picture with them. Maybe it was the Giants, and Tanner took a picture with them. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy when you think about Tanner Morgan and John Michael Schmidt, how long they had been together. Um, and now it's a new era of gopher football. Um, what's it going to be, though? I mean, that's the thing. Tanner Morgan's uh, legacy was didn't run the ball, threw the ball. But never would run on the on the uh the the read option. It was always handed off. He never would keep it because everybody's screaming, keep it. Nobody's nobody's guarding you. He kept it like one or two times, maybe, you know, and he knew that he would make jokes about it. But maybe Ethan's the guy that's gonna keep it, gonna gonna make this 
offense even more dynamic, open up holes. Because what people don't understand is when you do that, getting off subject a little bit, when you do that and you pull it, every once in a while now that DN has to honor you. And now your running back has a clear lane. So that that's going to benefit Zach Evans and uh, Jordan Newman if Ethan Calimanis is a threat. You know, when you think about guys like um, – I'm not going to say Michael Vick. When you think about guys like Josh Allen. Um, you think about guys like uh, who's similar to Aaron Rodgers, even, you know, there's some guys that will run and Aaron Rodgers in his younger days that would run. And your DN has to honor and keep that edge. Like I can't crash to the running back because this quarterback could hurt us with his legs. Tanner Morgan was never that guy. DN's like never looked at him. They crash and like he's not running the ball. Like where's the where's the running back at? That's where I'm going. But anything, Cali, man, this maybe adds a adds a new wrinkle to this team. But yeah, I'm going to go with Tyler Newbin. I like Sam's offensive line strength. Uh, we're going to see these first six games. I mean, maybe the first three. Uh, but I like six because the early, like Eastern Michigan, some of those, um, I don't know if we'll get a true depiction, but it'll be fun to see them beat up on some guys. Now, now you here's another one, Sam, and we'll talk about this next week. Nebraska doesn't count because they're Big Ten. But the Gophers have had some scary games under P.J. Fleck with those non-conferences. They have. Like, it, you would think they should blow them out. And then fans are sitting there like, oh, my goodness. Are, are we really coming down to a field goal against, you know, Sister Mary Margaret's uh, children? You know, like, so that'll be interesting to see early on, like, Eastern Michigan. Do the Gophers dominate? Or are we headed for another one of those seasons where it's, like, up and down? And then when it gets to Iowa, we can't beat Iowa. We beat Wisconsin somehow at the end. Um, that's how it's been the last couple of years. But I, I feel like if there's any year to beat Iowa, I feel like this is the year. This is the year to beat Iowa to maybe get Brian Ferentz fired. Like the Gophers could ha- could 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 be a reason why why Kirk finally gets rid of his son, but probably not. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it'll be interesting to see that like early on. Like, how do those non-conference like? Is it a blowout? Which that's what I remember when I played. Like all those teams that were Illinois State and all, it was like fifty to seven. You know, we did lose a couple. We lost to Toledo. We lost to Ohio University, um, not by a lot. It was close. Like, it was like 44 to 40 shootouts because our defense couldn't stop a running nose. Um, but that that's 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 the, what I'm looking forward to is, like, can we get some of those games? Like, remember, you remember the days, Sam, when, when Florida State used to get in trouble for that? They would win 77 to 7, and everybody hated Bobby Bowden and said, you're a jerk. Yeah. Uh, Steve Spurrier would do that. He put up 65 on somebody, 65 to 7. And everybody's like Steve Spurs and a hole, you know. Like, hey, if PJ Flex is gonna be called so many things, let's at least be called that for blowing people out. Like, I, I don't know, Sam. Like, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. The but thing not, about your yeah. about your teams, Ron, you just ran the ball like crazy, right? With your these those outstanding backs, and then after your era, you know, it was Maroney, it was Barber, and had a lot. the non conference teams couldn't stop them. Yeah, yeah. So Gary they would just Russell. run the ball the whole game. Yeah, Glenn Mason was one of the first coaches, I think, to have multiple back-to-back years of two thousand-yard running backs. Because Ronnie Brown and uh, Calic Williams, that was kind of the first people start bringing it up. Mm-hmm. And then that same around that same time, Marion and Maroney came on the scene and crushed it because Marion was or Maroney was a freshman, so nobody knew what Maroney could be. Um, but Maroney's freshman year, he did it with Gary Russell because what people don't remember or realize is Marion Barber got hurt that year. So people always assume Marion and Maroney had so many years together. They didn't. Marion got hurt, and it was actually Terry Jackson who rushed for 1,000 yards with Gary Russell. 
and then you then you plug or no sorry Terry Jackson with Maroney and then you plugged in Marion with Maroney the next year and that's when they just absolutely murdered the uh, college football scene and then Ronnie Brown and and Callie Williams were an afterthought. Um, still first round picks just like Maroney, uh, NFL picks just like Marion Barber, like really good guys. But Marion and Maroney uh, just I think did it better. And then Glenn Mason continued on, and then of course it became a passing team. Like Mason was willing to morph and, and change. Uh, we had Tellus Redmond and, and Thomas Hamner, and then we switched to a passing game with just Tellus. Uh, but yeah, we ran the ball. We did run the ball a ton. We ran the ball. 25 to 35 times a game in those games and then we throw hitches slants we kept it simple we just we just bullied them and beat them and and we didn't have to get tricky um but it's different now like there's guys going there's different talent going to some of these schools now too because of social media and the, the ability to get recruited um so this, the the game has changed the scope of the game has changed but speaking of change it's time to change over to the daily three that's three questions three minutes each we're gonna take a little bit longer on some of these questions and a little bit quicker on some, and you guys can probably figure that one out. But I want you guys to know SiriusXM is a proud partner of Locked On Sports Minnesota. The Twins will visit the Milwaukee Brewers tonight at 7.10 p.m. Catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. Just search Twins. And also, in order to get the app, search SXM in your app market or SiriusXM in your app market, and the, uh, the SXM app will pop up. Just download it to your device. And then you can get the Twins game right there just by searching Twins. Um, but now it's time for the Daily Three. It's three questions. I'll pick the time each. You take it away, Sam. All right. Anthony Edwards is putting on a show for Team USA on Sunday in an exhibition against Germany. He led them with 34 points, 11 of 20 shooting, big comeback win. Head coach Steve Kerr said he's unquestionably the guy, and you can see he knows it. Mm-hmm. So will playing for the national team, Ron, boost Edwards' confidence to take command of the Timberwolves? Uh, I hope so. Um, I did see some blasphemous tweets. You know, like people were saying, like, he took over a practice. He took over a game. But, like, in one of the practices, he had, like, a Michael Jordan-type turnaround. And somebody made that – like, don't – no, don't do that. Don't do not do that. Like, don't put Anthony Edwards and Michael Jordan in the same sentence. Don't do that. Jordan is so iconic that I bought a pair of Jordans last night. I, I can't remember the last time I bought a pair of Jordan, Sam, but there was a deal and I couldn't pass it up. Nike sent me an email. I had a, you know, a 20% off thing and they gave me a, a, a if I, if I, if I had an account, which I do, um, the Nike member deal, I got to, I got some, uh, crossover. I think they're called the three, one, two Jordans. Um, so yeah, so I, I so I'll have those. I don't, I'm, I was going to wear them for the gopher game, but then I realized they're red, black, and white, which is Nebraska. So I can't do that. <laughs> So can't not gonna work. Not gonna work. There, I did see some Air Max that were maroon and white. So I was thinking about getting those, but yeah, can't do those. But Anthony Edwards, I, I think will because it takes a little bit of time and confidence in order to uh, you know figure out who you are. And he switched to number one. That's probably a big help too. Um, but yeah, he did look good. I mean, when you realize you can take over a world stage, it just gives you a little bit more poke your chest out when you get back to with your team, and and hopefully Cat and Rudy can defer. That's going to be the problem. Cat wants to be the man, too. Like, he wants to be the best big man shooter in the NBA. Here's the thing. Scottie Pippen was one of the best two, uh, two second person, you know, to Michael Jordan ever. You know, Klay Thompson is one of the best shooters ever with Steph Curry. It's okay to play second fiddle when you're winning. So I, th- I hope Cat Williams – Cat Williams. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns. 
can uh can uh get because Cat Williams is not a basketball player, he's about five feet. Uh, but Carl Anthony Towns, I hope he can play second fiddle to Anthony Edwards and is okay with that because you still can go 30 and 30. Like you can still have 30, uh sorry, not 30 and 30, 30 and uh 10. You can go 30 points and 10 rebounds as the second guy when you know you're consistently doing it, having Rudy Gobert play defense for you. But no, I, I think he can. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think that he's he's taken that leap. I think last year was a little more of a plateau. I think people thought the leap was happening last year, and it was kind of the same as year two. I think that this year could be the year. And he does look just physically a little more confident the way he carries himself. It seems like he's added some extra shots into his toolbox. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. All right. Um, I jinxed it. We were going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens preseason streak. They were trying to win their 25th straight preseason football game last night, and they lost on a last-second field goal to Washington. But let's still talk about it. They won 24 preseason games in a row, Ron. Why are the Ravens so dominant in the preseason? I don't think there's an answer for it. I just think, like, even when I play, we we took the ple- – like, the Ravens, I think, you know, it, the, the, the building still has ghosts and bones. Like we took the preseason serious when I played. Like we 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 didn't want to go to overtime. That was always the thing. Like if we were we were down by one, or sorry seven, and we score a touchdown, we're not kicking the extra point. We're going for two because we're either going to win it or lose it. Like Brian Billick, I think I don't know if that was a Ravens thing or Brian Billick started it because I mean he was you know one of the first coaches. Um, and so when as you build now too with Harbaugh, maybe that's just something that because the ownership and the leadership still there. I don't know, but I know the Ravens do take it serious. Also, their offensive scheme. When you look at who their backup quarterbacks are, um, you know, I'm working on getting Kevin Glenn on. For those that don't know Kevin Glenn, he's a CFL, like Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best CFL quarterbacks, played for a very long time. I actually played against him in college. We grew up together. We worked together at Foot Locker when we were like 14. Uh, one of my first jobs, my uncle gave me the job, and Kevin Glenn was dating like his, his niece. Uh, so Kevin worked there as well. Uh, but we were both were high school football players out of Detroit. Kevin went on to Illinois State. We played them in college and actually murdered them. So I, get, I can't wait to talk to him about that. But he's a black quarterback. And he, he, he never got a shot in the NFL. But he played in Canada for a long time, won some great cups, uh, one of the better players. And Kevin Glenn just kind of tweeted um, yesterday or I think on Instagram. That's why I reached out to him um, about, like, what's going on the Ravens this is going to be like the first year I think they're the first team to do this is going to have an all black quarterback room and they have a black quarterbacks coach you got Lamar Jackson Tyler Huntley Josh Johnson um as their one two and three and then you have um their their coach and so when you think about that like and then you also have their fourth quarterback which is Anthony Brown so that's never that's never happened before because black quarterbacks weren't seen as smart enough to even be in the NFL. Think about guys like Warren Moon and uh, Randall Cunningham, guys they question, uh, like, oh, can this guy get it done? You know, Randall Warren Moon had to go to the CFL first and then come back and play. Like nobody believed in him. You know that that's what's crazy uh, about you got a guy like Damon Allen, who's one of the best co- Canadian quarterbacks or quarterbacks period, and he couldn't get you know into the NFL. Um, and so Tony Dungy, you know, Hey, you're not a good quarterback. You're going to play DB in the NFL. Like that's, I don't know what the stigma has been, but you know, and, and that's why I think uh, another part of it, the Ravens just do a good job. I think of their backups and their starters. And so when they put their twos in their twos are better than some teams ones. When you look at the Browns, I mean, honestly, like it's just, it's just what the Ravens have done. They've done a great job in the front office of getting really good guys to play for the money that they need to play for. But I think that's part of it. I've always thought the Ravens were a really good drafting team, a really good free agency team. Like, I just think they have good depth in that organization, and that uh, that certainly helps. And also, remember, 
under Mike Zimmer, the Vikings had a pretty good preseason record too, and they cared a lot about preseason. Here's so the thing, though: you, how many how many Super Bowls have the Ravens won in the last five years with all these preseason wins? Five. Six, uh, none. Yeah. So none. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Vikings yeah, lost Vikings, every preseason game last year, and they went thirteen and four. Also, didn't matter because they lost the first playoff game. So again, I didn't, well. Will Kevin O'Connell ever win a preseason game, Ron? This might be the one because the Cardinals are terrible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. This, this might be less of the Vikings winning a preseason game and the Cardinals losing a preseason game. Like they are they are awful. It's not going to be pretty. All right. Last I wonder, one. I wonder if Gannon is it Gannon or who's the coach? Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's gonna like somehow in pre in pregame be like trum, trum, trum. I guess I just want to see him do that. I want to report to ask him explosives. about that. You're explosive. <laughs> I just want him. <laughs> I want to right. ask him about that. Oh. Yeah, no, that um I think he is talking on Wednesday. We'll have to Oh we'll yeah, to he's here. Him. I keep forgetting that. Ah, yeah. oh, I don't want to I don't want to do that. That would be embarrassing to be like let's go up to him and be like, coach, pew, pew, you're explosive. His buddies must give him so much crap for they that. Might, you know what? Like, I, I, I kind of want you to videotape that of me walking up to him and just doing that and then posting it because I think we would go viral. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like I might get my credentials taken for trying to embarrass a coach. Might be worth it. <laughs> I, you know what? The, the Vikings wouldn't take it. They would think it's funny too. Pew, pew, pew. Explosives. You're explosive. <laughs> um, Andrew Kramer of the Star Tribune has projected Najee Thompson to make the Vikings 53-man roster thanks to his elite punt-gunning skills, which mm-hmm. were on display on Saturday. Do you agree or disagree with that decision? Yeah, we talked about this on the fan line. So Andrew Kramer, I'm not going to say he, he got it from me because he's he's very particular about his tweets. I remember when I first got on Twitter like six, seven years ago, uh, when I really got serious about Twitter, maybe even eight years ago, I have to go back and look at it. Andrew Kramer actually got mad about because I didn't understand Twitter, and so I saw him tweet something, so I just tweeted, like, yeah, so-and-so did. He's like, man, you can at least give me credit for the tweet. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I didn't even see your tweet. Like, I didn't – I'm just tweeting exactly what you did, but, like, it was worded differently. But we both heard and saw the same thing, but he thought I stole his tweet, and he got very mad about it. And I had no idea about that. Like, he just I just, he just tweeted, like, you can, you can give me credit or retweet my tweet instead of stealing my tweet or something like that. I can't remember how he worded it, but I was like, I was like what? I was like – I was like, oh, I didn't know it was this serious on Twitter. Like, I was like, my bad. Like, I was like, I didn't, I didn't steal your tweet, by the way. I'm like, everybody's saying what it was. And I can't even remember what it was. But uh, what I will say, though, about this for Andrew Kramer, uh, I said it after the game on the fan line. So I don't know when his article came out or his tweet came out, but I said it right after the game on the fan line that Najee Thompson uh, is playing himself in there. I, de- I didn't say he was – I, I kind of said he was a lock, but the reason I said he was a lock was more of special teams lock because I talked to Coach Duran. After the game, or sorry, before the game, when they had the um, when they had the joint practices, and 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 when I was looking through this list, you know, and I kind of had the list with, with with coach, and and I'm like, hey man, like, and it's Durante Jones, sorry, um, uh, sorry, not Durante Jones, that's the DB coach, Matt Daniels, uh, Matt Daniels, <laughs> I've called him Durant for the same thing, and I'm I'm like, because I talked to both, and uh, I talked to Durante Jones too, so I feel bad about that now, because I talked to both of them at the same time, like Chris Rump. Then Matt Daniels and then Durante Jones. But anyway, so Matt Daniels yeah. and I were talking, and here's where I, he kind of said, "I was like, we were, I was joking about like the guys, <clears throat> the receivers that like hang out with Justin Jefferson and the receivers that are going to come to special teams meetings." And he even said, "He's like, look, yeah, KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, and uh, Jordan Addison, they're good. They don't need to come to my meetings. If I need to use them, like a kick return, punt return situation with Addison or whatever, I'll get them in there. 
He said, but other than that, these other receivers all need to be in my meetings. And so I think that's where Najee Thompson is going to set himself up because I think Tristan Jackson is looking really good at Gunner. And I think Najee Thompson is the other Gunner. Like we, we can talk about Matthew Slater, all these guys, but there's some guys that just get on special teams and they just do a great job and they stay in the NFL as a special teams guy. Marcus Sherrill's like, he never played corner. He played every once in a while. He was a special teams guy. He was a great Gunner and he was a good part returner. So don't overlook special teams because that's how you flip the field. That's how you keep a game in control. And that's how you win games sometimes by your special teams play. I think Najee Thompson is up there. And also, too, I think it's a little bit of he's done stuff that these other DBs haven't done, which is catch the eye of everybody. You know, like these other DBs aren't catching everybody's eye. Um, he was even chatty and chippy with the Titans in practice. He, he was the guy that got into the fight. So, you know, he's, he's definitely a guy that maybe brings energy to the field like a Chris Boy, but maybe a little bit more under control. And that's looking for it. That's why, and I'm also looking for Chris Boyd this week. Chris Boyd special teams this week versus Najee Thompson. Oh my goodness! You talk about a guy that wants to tell the Vikings y'all made a mistake and didn't re-sign me. It's Chris Boyd. He's gonna be absolutely on fire, and I'm I cannot wait to watch him and Najee Thompson this week because it, it might be a fight. If Najee Thompson makes this team, mm-hmm. it is one of the greatest, most unexpected UDFA signings that I've ever seen because his college resume, Ron, is so lackluster. Like He really didn't even play defense that much. He played a little bit of corner. Mm-hmm. He was undersized. Yep. His testing at the combine was not good. And they, they, they found something in him. And the way he's playing now, I, I want to know what Quasi's process was. How did you know that this guy was going to be so good at special teams? Because nothing on paper suggests that. Right. Um, and here he is. He's he's doing great, and he might make the roster. So it would be incredible. And he comes from a small school, Georgia Southern. Right. So nothing about him screamed prospect to me, at least. And the Vikings found him. I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I have no idea. Either. I thought the same thing. Like when I started seeing him last week, flash during practice, because we all saw it at the joint practices. He was making plays. He was getting loud. He was having fun. Um, you know, he was a part of the reason why I think Andrew Booth threw the ball. Like it was, it it, it, it all culminated from everything that happened all day. Like their fight, Najee's fight with uh, the Titans special teams guy. Um, that's that's one of those things where, yeah, like who knows what Quasi saw in them, but clearly it's a diamond in the rough. It's one of those decisions mm-hmm. you bring a guy in, and then who knows? He goes out and has a great rookie season as a gunner, and just shows everybody, you know, like man, like this guy's really good. And then maybe, and and, and there's the thing: if you're gonna make five hundred thousand dollars just to run down and stop a guy from getting one yard on a punt why not go balls to the wall and that's what he does he he goes full go non-stop but i'm ron johnson that's sam ekstrom this was a beautiful tuesday looking forward we're gonna have a surprise guest not sure it might just be us but i know justin Gard could be an option kevin glenn could be an option uh talk to robert tate who's a who was an arizona cardinal and a minnesota viking mm. uh so there's joint practices maybe get robert tate on uh tomorrow but please tune in for the ron johnson show tomorrow it's our last one before the preseason game as far as the ron johnson show goes and then the next week we're into actual gopher football games so we're gonna line up some gophers guys as well next week but again i'm ron johnson and sam extra i want everybody to know please continue to like download share subscribe tell us anything you would like to talk about as well you can comment on our instagram you reels you can comment on the tweets as well we tweet the link uh, but YouTube, you can find us Amazon Fire and Roku, also Sirius XM. Well, I'm Ron Johnson. Again, that's Sam Extra. Thank you guys and have a great day.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.